How much do you love Jess Everson, hey? She's blooming, she's good. She's good, and guess what? She keeps getting better. I think she's just warming up. Hey, uh, good morning. How is everybody? Good, yes, all right. Four people are woohoo, one's good, and the rest of you, jury's still out. So uh, this morning, great that you're here. If you missed last week, let me catch you up. We're launching this year, 2015, with a conversation we've called Sticks and Stones. And that comes from the life of David or a significant chapter or portion of the life of David. Now, David uh, is, is, a, is a biblical and historical heavyweight. He went on to become the, the most important and significant kings of the nation of Israel in history. And we picked the story up last week where David was actually uh, somewhat invisible to pretty much everyone, including his own family, but not invisible to God. And God tapped him. God sent a prophet, a guy named Samuel, to go and and find him and actually uh, tap him and say, you are going to become the king of Israel. Completely and, and highly unlikely scenario, but that's, that was interesting. And, and, and I'm, I'm giving a little recap there, not just because some of you were too lazy to be here last week and, and catch you up, but also because this morning is a very significant day. We've had our latest Elevate Youth person join an Elevate team. And let me tell you a little bit of, of that background. We've put a blueprint together where our kids uh, from Elevate Kids, when they go to graduate from Elevate Kids into Elevate Youth, we don't want them to just go from being a consumer in our Elevate Kids environments, which is okay when they're in there, to just being a consumer in our Elevate Youth environments, which is okay when they're in there, Friday Night Live, but also to, to understand and appreciate and get from an early age that they can be a contributor. They don't have to wait until they're growing up because by the way, that would disqualify half of us if you had to be growing up to, to serve God. Um, but, but actually, we want to give them an opportunity right from that age of 12 and 13 to, 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 to understand that you can serve God. And in fact, a key part of following Jesus is finding your fit and serving God. And so this morning, our latest, we've already got a couple of our Elevate Youth kids in various teams. Our first Elevate Youth dude, has joined our Elevate Media team. And he's Riley Johnson, who is officially, how many years old? 11, you took too long on that, mum. 11 years old, and, uh, but he'll tell you soon to be 12, as you do. In fact, he'll have said 11 and something, soon to be 12 is the proper answer. Jill, write that down. Um, so how about we welcome Riley Johnson to our Elevate Media team this morning. <laughs> Woohoo! And you think, well, that, what, huh, what? Like, David was 13 when God said, you're going to become the king of Israel. All right? Got it? Seems to me that God doesn't judge everything like we judge it, hey? So last week, let me catch you up. Before I do, there's a couple of facts that you need to know about 2015. Number one, if you have a pulse, God has a plan. So before we go ahead, just check for your pulse. If you have a pulse, God has a plan. Let me tell you something else. If you're not dead, you're not done. Last week, I talked about this idea that each one of us has an assignment, an assignment that God has given us. 
But not only do we have an assignment, but we also have the anointing from God to accomplish that assignment. Now, anointing is kind of a Bible word, and we don't use it too much in everyday conversation. But basically, it's a word that encapsulates the fact that when God gives us an assignment, He also empowers us to accomplish that assignment. He doesn't give us the assignment without the power. He doesn't give us the assignment and expect us to come up with the power. He gives us the assignment, and what all we have to do is understand that we have access to the anointing. In fact, one of the most incredibly surprising things about last week's message is that we kicked off a new year with me preaching, and I love challenging people. I'm not much of an ear tickler. We launched the new year with the homework that there is no homework. That's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, as I even walked away from here going, so I don't actually have to do anything. Right. Well, that was last week. And that was really at the extreme end of one part of our five secret weapons. I probably need to warn you that today we're going to shift right down to the other end, my favorite end. This week I want to talk about ability. Because you probably noticed that Liam Neeson joined the 60-plus-year-old Superheroes Club alongside Sly Stallone and Bruce Willis in the Taken trilogy. And he's become famous for talking down the phone to the kidnappers of his ex-wife in the first movie, daughter in the second, and I haven't seen the third, but current wife. I don't know, the latest kidnapping victim. And he talks down to the kidnappers and says to them, you know, I have a very particular set of skulls. (laughs) Hey, mate, don't laugh at Liam Neeson. He says, I have a very particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a very long career. He makes the point that he is aware that he has a particular set of skills and that those skills didn't just kind of pop up out of nowhere, but they actually developed over a very long career. I would put it to you that each of us has gifts and that God expects us to not just to use our gifts, but to grow our gifts. This idea around sticks and stones, the imagery, the, 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 the title, it comes from one of the most famous stories in history where David defeated a giant called Goliath using just his sling and a, and a stone, okay? Spoiler alert. We're not gonna talk about that today. That happens in the next chapter. We're talking around a, a chunk um, from the Bible that's recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 16, We started last week. We're going to hover a bit more and drill down there this week. In the next chapter, spoiler alert, is David defeating Goliath. But you probably already knew that. Today's part of the story, actually, if you just read it, maybe, you know, part of your morning devotion or whatever, 
it actually has the potential for you to just kind of skip over. It, it, it almost seems inconsequential. And what I want to do this morning is I want to actually drill down into this story and, and show you that, that not only is it not inconsequential, but that it is absolutely critical. It is a massive puzzle piece that eventually saw David positioned to be able to take on Goliath and defeat him. Let's pick up pretty much from a verse that we, 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 we more or less finished with last week. And, and by the way, uh, apologies, our podcast from last week's message is going to be going live tomorrow. And uh, we're working out a system where we can have them live every Monday. Not for you, because you're going to be here on the Sunday, but for people that you think, hmm, they might benefit from this. So tomorrow, stay tuned. Last week's message will be live, and maybe even today's, if all goes to plan. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. It's like, am I paying you to tell me stuff that's plainly obvious, buffheads? Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. The liar is a harp, not someone that tells fibs. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you and you'll feel better. One of the reasons we have our music-led praise and worship in the first part of our live experience is because there's something supernatural that happens when we play music and worship together. It's not the warm-up. It's not karaoke. It's something far more than that. And, and these guys understood that. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well, highlight that word, and bring him to me. And one of the servants answered, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem. He knows how to play the lyre. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and's a fine-looking man, and the Lord's with him. Mm. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David, who's with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. So then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I'm pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better. And the evil spirit would leave him. Have you ever noticed someone that is ridiculously talented at whatever they do and found yourself saying or thinking, man, they're just so gifted? You ever done that? You know, I think of Jared here. Jared, he's just so gifted. J Jared's one of the leaders in our music team, he, he, he's our music director. And, uh, he works for Casio and shamelessly plugs them every single Sunday. Um, we're going to have to start charging you advertising fees for that soon, dude. But Jared, Jared plays every instrument on this stage and more. He's like, if we hyperlapsed him uh, over the course of a month, we could actually put a, a, the new Black Eyed Peas video with him playing every single instrument. Did you get that reference? Although you are white. And... Uh, and in fact, Jared's running joke with me is he is, he is actually, he's, it's not really a joke. I found it quite, find it quite offensive. He actually, he actually continues to, to tell me that he's going to turn up with a ridiculous instrument one week that completely doesn't suit our style. 
just to show me that he can play it. So I've narrowed it down to bassoon. And I, well, don't even talk about it. See, now, so we go, oh, Garrett, you know, one week he's there. I mean, Jared, one week he's there, one week he's singing, one week he's playing instrument, guitar. Sometimes he's doing both. Then he's flipping up over the drums and then he's getting the bass. I mean, bass isn't really a musical instrument. And then he's... Um, <laughs> okay, I used to play the bass, which is the only reason I can say that. And I've got a whole lot of baggage I'm just trying to unload here when I make those sort of comments. <laughs> now, <clears throat> Jared went to the Conservatorium of Music here in Mount Lawley, the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts, a.k.a. Whopper, next to Hugh Jackman and a few other heavyweights. He's gifted, but it's not just the gift that allows him to do what he does. You know, in sports, one of the, the guys that gets talked about a lot is Gary Ablett Jr., and we see him in the game, just ridiculous. He's just so gifted. But we don't see him in the gym. You know, we look at the game and we don't always see the grind behind the game. We get mesmerized with the gift. Jared, just out of curiosity, before you got accepted into the Conservatory of Music, because they only take a very small number of people every year, just out of curiosity, how old were you when you went to the con? 17, okay. Or 18, 17, 18, okay. So just, just out of curiosity, between the age of zero and that 17, 18, just, did you ever uh, take a music lesson? Uh, and or did you ever practice any of the 17 instruments you play? Huh. Gee, I didn't see that answer coming. Last week, I made the point that we are anointed to accomplish our assignment. Here, I'm going to add to that. But we won't accomplish our assignment if we just rely on the deposit God's put in us. We have to take the deposit that God's put in us, marry it up with the anointing to accomplish the assignment, and develop the deposit over a period of time, consistently, week on week, month on month, year on year. And if we don't, we will never fulfill our destiny. Between the deposit and our destiny requires the delivery. You get that? Some of you, one of the best things you do all year is write that down. And developing the deposit requires another D word, diligence. And I'm giving you just two words today. The first one is diligence. You see, Saul called for David, send David to me. He's been told he plays well. Let me just kind of postulate. The writer didn't record it, but I wonder how many lessons David had between the age of zero and 13 before he was called into service of the king. Because Saul didn't just call anybody. It's not like David was the only harpist in town. He called David because his servants had said, David plays well. Yeah, he probably had a gift. A lot of people had a gift. But why did David get singled out? I'm pretty sure that he'd practiced a little bit. It's also quite possible. And by the way, this isn't some, you know, acoustic guitar that your dad or your mum put in the back of the SUV and take you to the lessons. This is a freaking harp, right? And oh, is it one that the cherubs play? No, don't be ridiculous. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't tell you. But just pretend for a minute. 
for the point I'm making, it's one of those massive harps that, that you can't actually even physically move. And David would have to lug that across the paddock to his next music lesson. And yet one day with the diligence that he showed that no one was watching, got him an audience with the king and not only just an audience, but actually he joined the king's posse. And this was the next step in him moving towards his destiny. God works through what we work on. <sighs> I realize what I'm about to say <clears throat> could typecast me and I don't like being typecasted, but I have to say this. Steve Jobs, the uh, former CEO of Apple, God rest his soul, um, his, one of his proud uh, accomplishments in Apple is never having to ship an instruction manual with an Apple product. That was one of the things he set himself to do. They wanted to create devices that people would say, it just works. Now, I know it's not entirely true, but they developed a reputation that it just works. Uh, your gift and my gift is not an Apple product. It doesn't just work. Your gift and my gift is an Ikea product. There is assembly required. Before I drill down, I just thought, just for a giggle, one of my favorite posts on Facebook for 2014 is this one here, the Ikea job interview. Please have a seat. So that is what it looks like when it comes to our gift ultimately causing us to fulfill our destiny is that there is assembly required. Whenever you see someone who's operating in their gift and you think to yourself, man, they are just killing it. Here we go. Two things. Number one, you can assure yourself that God gave them that gift. And number two, you can assure yourself that they've been developing that gift in order for you and I to marvel at that gift. And that takes diligence. The gifts come with the batteries included, but assembly is required. I was watching a, a, a video this week of a, a guy in his late 20s. His name's Luke. And uh, Luke leads, he's now the music director, not unlike Jared, same role, music director of, of one of America's uh, largest and fastest growing churches. And um, I heard his story this week. And his story was that just a few years ago, he joined that church, just sitting in the seats like you, praising, worshiping, trying to figure out where he can find his fit and make a contribution. And uh, he's, he's a muso, drummer and a bass player, muso. Uh, and uh, he went along, applied to join the music team and went along to the audition. And he was told that they didn't have any uh, spaces left at that time for drummers or bass players, but they really needed more guitarists. And so he, he came back, you know, really felt that this was his, his God calling to join that music team, came back for the next audition opportunity with his guitar and he auditioned with his guitar and was told he, he wasn't good enough on the guitar. And so they, that either he would have to get better at the guitar or just abandon the dream of joining their music team. Well, if you've 
haven't forgotten the first thing I said, he's now the music director. So chances are something happened between the not quite being good enough at guitar and now becoming the music director. You're curious to know what that might have been? Good. Thank you, Baden. Correct answer. He, um, well, having uh, experienced a, what would you put in there? Rejection? Mm, challenge? Mm, opportunity? Yeah, that, I like that one. Having experienced an opportunity to join the music team as a guitarist, he locked himself in his room 16 hours a day, seven days a week for the next six months and practiced his guitar. He had his meals in his room. He didn't have a TV in there. He practiced 16 hours a day for six months and his wife verified the story. And he went back after six months and miraculously, he had the chops to make it in their music team as a guitarist. He obviously had a musical gift. He could play drums, he could play bass, but they needed a guitarist. So he took the gift and he developed it and now he's walking in his destiny, right? Now, don't look at me like, yeah, who's got 16 hours a day just to sit in their room for the next That's not the point. The point is, what's your version of developing the gift that's in you, right? So, before we launch too far into 2015, let's just do a little bit of a 2014 review. I've got some questions. I'm going to start with the music team. Music team. And don't, don't get too worked up. I'm going to pick on everyone equally. Uh, I'm an equal opportunity picker on around. And I don't want you to put your hand up and I don't want you to write it down. And, 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 but how many lessons did you take in 2014? Uh, don't call it out. How many hours did you spend practicing hosts team, those of you with the gift of hospitality, how many cafes and, and restaurants and, 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 and good shopping malls and, and hotel experiences did you go to, to to see what great environments look and feel like and how customer service, I'm not picking on you, I'm just, that, that's what development would look like if you have the gift of hospitality. Go to places that have, are doing hospitality smoking hot and, and, and steal their best practices. Leaders, and I'm in this category. How many books on leadership did you read in 2014? How many, how many podcasts on leadership did you listen to in 2014? How many, how many blogs did you subscribe to on leadership in 2014? Guys, accessibility to development opportunities are closer than ever. They are high-level opportunities are on the lowest shelf that they've ever been in history, Right? So God's not going to fall for the, oh, I couldn't really find anything. I couldn't really get, it, get my hands on anything. Rubbish. <laughs> yeah, you could, but you didn't. Or for some of you, yeah, you did. These are review questions. I can't answer them for you. But I will say for the record, I am smoking what I'm selling. I have a very particular set of skills. It's not a long set. 
<laughs> in fact, it's a very short set. And uh, I have developed them over a period of time. I've been in church leadership for 20 years. Here's my set of skills. Leadership, communication, and discernment. That's it. I don't sing. Because I don't sing, I don't try to develop my gift of singing because I don't have the gift. My gift to you, given the fact that I don't sing, my gift to you is to not sit next to you or behind you when we are singing. That's my gift to you. You know, you should be here on a Sunday morning and the first thing you should be grateful to God for is that Mark's not near you when we sing. Don't believe me? One Sunday morning. Now, my battery pack here has two kind of things that you have to figure out which one's which. One is to power it up or power it down entirely, like on or off. The other is it's got a mute function. So I can power it up, but put the mute button on. So I do that just so I don't forget to turn it on when I get up here. Well, one particular Sunday morning, we were singing, and I later discovered that I hadn't pushed the mute button. And Scott Downey was, uh, was uh, mixing that morning. Now, Scott... You need, to, you need to put him on your Christmas card list because he turned my channel off on the sound desk so none of you would have to hear me sing. But he took one for the team because he kept his head cans on. That was about, about April 2014. And I know some of you, since around April 2014, the ones of you that know Scotty, have been thinking to yourself, there's something different about Scott. Can't quite put my finger on it. He's changed. Well, I have offered to fully fund the counseling, and uh, it's, it's progressing. But it's going to take a long time. I don't work on singing. I work on leadership. I work on communication. I work on this gift of discernment. Ah. Uh, I, I read a lot of leadership books. I listen to a lot of leadership podcasts and I subscribe to a lot of leadership blogs. And what kind of spun my dial a little bit is, is not so long ago, someone said to me, oh, well, that's fine. Of course you do. You're a paid team member. So of course you listen to a lot of leadership stuff. And I said, I don't develop my leadership gift because I'm a paid team member. I'm a paid team member because I develop my leadership gift. How many of you who call yourselves Elevate Church would want to be led by me at the capacity I was leading 20 years ago when I knew nothing? Jess Everson. Jess Everson, she's joined our communication team. She's, we're wading her through the shallow end of the pool. which is, We try to do that so that uh, everyone wins. And uh, so she's been progressing brilliant. Just a really great spirit, wants to always develop her gift. And so last week, you know, knowing she was platform leading this week, I, I gave her a little bit of coaching. I just kind of drip feed, don't try to overwhelm people. So I gave her two little tidbits. <laughs> and I could see her just kind of, I don't know, she looked like she was about to have a nervous breakdown with, with what I was asking her to do as her next step. And, uh, and I just finished preaching. And I said, all right, honey. You need, to, you need to hear this. Uh, 20 years ago when I started preaching, I stank. Like, oh my God. 
I, I should have been arrested with the first message I ever preached. I preached a message, you know, you get, you get your first go, right? You want to make it memorable. So you, so you want to hit something that's really, you know, like, like the big stuff. Something that's really important, like eternity's at stake for people. And this is your first step up to the, to the plate. And what am I going to preach on? Oh, and I, I invited my parents along. My parents came along, you know, supporting their son. And they didn't know what I was going to preach on. But I'm sure they had high hopes uh, for me and, and stuff. And uh, boy, did I not meet those expectations. Talk about, anyway, I, I preached if I, I chose Eternity is on the line. I chose to preach to 600 teenagers on if you love Jesus, you shouldn't use swear words. Oh my God, I'm glad my parents love me unconditionally. So I told this to Jess and uh, she looked at me and went, Oh, that's encouraging. <laughs> How many of you are glad that I'm not preaching at the same capacity I was preaching at 20 years ago? Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. I forgot which way I asked the question. Yes, all the hands are meant to go up too. Good one, Baden. If it's for God, we ought to work hard at it. I must develop what God has deposited. And let me just put the next thing in there, drawing from... David, notice when Saul called for a musician, he, he asked for someone that can play well. I'm not going to start dogging on other churches, all right? But just, just let me ask sort of a generic question. You ever been into a church and walked in and the music's going and you go, oh man, that singer is terrible. No, no hands up, no, just, but you know, hypothetically, you can imagine that might happen from time to time. And, and, and we're all nice followers of Jesus. So, you know, sometimes we choose nice over the truth. And we say, hey, yeah, I know. Yeah, they can't sing. Their name's Mark Pomery. They can't sing, but they've got a good heart. Yeah? Well, I'm going to listen to their heart. I'm going to listen to their mouth. And I prefer they didn't use it. If the choice was singing or never serving God, then yeah, we might kind of throw a few people under the bus. Now, the people you throw under the bus are the listeners, by the way, not the... <sighs> if it's for God, we ought to work at it. If it's for God, it ought to be good. Don't separate spirituality from skill. Oh, they're doing it for Jesus. Well, they obviously don't love Him very much because it stinks. Excellence. It was David's diligence in becoming good at the harp and his commitment to excellence that actually ended up positioning him in front of the king. And that itself was a gateway to then be able to be on the front line of the battle to defeat Goliath. Had David never developed his gift diligently and consistently applied it with excellence, it's quite likely that he would never have been called on by the king in an act of service. And then to, he might have been called on and Saul goes, American Idol audition. Yeah, I know your mum says you can play the harp, but you really can't. Get out of here. Mum, they said I can't play, but I'm going to show them. I'm going to be a star. 
<clears throat> Not mine. But he, but he was because he didn't just sit on the gift, he developed the gift. And that takes diligence. He didn't just bring half of his best, he brought his best and he actually got a reputation. It was Saul's wingman that said that he, they know someone who plays well. That set him above and of course he delivered when he came into the company of the king, in the court of the king. For 2015, I told you we were gonna shift gears. We are anointed to accomplish our assignment, but it will not be automatic unless we commit to develop the gift God's given us. And that will take diligence. That will mean you're doing stuff in secret, in private, that only God will ever see. And then when you use it, bring it with excellence. And can I just add one more thing to that? That's not just about what we do in a church setting. Don't just develop the gift that, that you use to serve God in a church setting. Don't just focus, don't just focus on using the gift that God's given you with excellence in a church setting. Tomorrow morning, turn up to work, ready to become an even better employee than you were last week, even better manager than you were last week, even better colleague than you were last week. And if you're not sure what that looks like, how do I become better? Figure it out. Bug your boss. Send me to some more good professional development opportunities. I don't want to just be the employee I was in 2014. I want to add more value. I can tell you, I'm a boss. When any of my staff say to me, I want to get better at my job, I don't say, ah, don't be stupid. Yeah, I want you to get better at your job too. Seems like we're now reading from the same playbook. So let's put a strategy in place. Absolutely, you've got to fuel resources to people like that. If you're a manager, you want your employees to improve. Lead by example. Show them diligence. Show them how much you're not just going to do laps. 2014, 2015. Oh, really progressing. No, we're not. We're just doing laps. 2014, 2015. Oh, you guys looked so much happier last week when I told you there was no homework. <laughs> yeah, there's homework this week. Next week, I'm going to preach about how to make margaritas and pina coladas. That's not true. I have no idea what I'm going to preach about next week. Apart from it'll be about David and stuff. We've got one more thing that we do, and uh, I consistently say this is the most important thing we do every single week, and it's to give some of you the opportunity to follow Jesus. And when I say some of you, it's because I know many of you have already taken that opportunity. But for those of you that haven't, the last thing we're going to do this morning is give you that opportunity. Give you an opportunity to, to follow Jesus. And look, and I realize I haven't been preaching specifically about what it means to start following Jesus. And I haven't got another half an hour to unpack that fully for you. But let me break it down really quickly. And I want you to listen closely. We just came out of Christmas. And uh, yeah, we know that Christmas has got a few moving parts to it these days, Santa and gifts and all that. And we love all that stuff. It's great, fantastic. 
But at its very core, at its very essence is the idea and the thing we, we celebrate and the thing that we remember that God sent his son Jesus 2,000 years ago into the world as a baby, as a human. The reason God did that is because up to that time, we and people like us couldn't ever get our stuff together at the level that God would want. We, we can't because God's here, perfect, and we're here imperfect and we keep screwing up and, 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 and we can't stand face to face with a God that's perfect. We just can't. It'll just crush us. And the great thing about God is He knew this and, and didn't want things to stay this way. He didn't want to just leave it that way that we're separated from Him. He wanted to bridge up and He realized that we couldn't bridge up. We couldn't close that gap. And so He sent His Son, Jesus, and when we actually say to Jesus, I want to follow you, I believe you're the Son of God, I believe you were sent by God, and I want to follow you, I'm going to start doing life your way. I want to put my trust in your hands. A miracle takes place. And again, I don't have time to unpack that miracle fully. And by the way, I don't think any of us will ever understand that miracle fully apart from when we encounter God face to face and actually can and not get burnt to smithereens. But when we make a decision to say, Jesus, I, I trust you. I believe you're the son of God. I wanna, I wanna follow you. A miracle takes place. It's called the great exchange. Where instead of us being separated from God, we now have access to him. And I wanna give you an opportunity right now if you've never actually made that decision to follow Jesus yourself. And, 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 and listen, I, remember, I'm not asking you if you've ever, ever been to a church before. That's not the question God asks in this moment. He asks, do you wanna put your trust in me? Do you wanna put your faith in me? Are you ready to follow me? So right now, for those of you that have never said yes, never made that decision, said, yeah, Jesus, I do. I wanna put my trust in you. I wanna follow you. I want you to just slip your hand up. Really quickly, when I see a hand, you can put it down and, and, and then we're gonna pray. I'll just give you an opportunity right now as I look across our auditorium. Say, yeah, Jesus, I wanna follow you. When I see a hand, just put it up. You say, God, that's me. I, I wanna follow you from this day forward. And when I see a hand, you can put it down. Good on you, buddy. You can put your hand down now. Who else needs to make that decision this morning? Awesome, well done. Who else? Let's pray. Saw two people put their hands up. Just Amazing. Two people that are glad that I don't just preach about not swearing, but we preach about Jesus now. <laughs> I could drop an F-bomb right now just to prove how unimportant it is, but I won't. We want to pray with you. We're, let's all pray together. And those two people that put their hand up, you're praying this for the first time. Fantastic. Say these words after me. Dear Jesus, I commit to follow you. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you came to earth. I believe you took my place. You took my sins. You forgive me. You allow me to have a relationship with God from this moment forward. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And I commit to follow you from this day forward. Where you lead, I will follow what you feed, I will swallow in Jesus' name. Amen. How about we give those two people a great round of applause? Fantastic.
How about you give me a great round of applause for using that last two lines, which I've never done before and will never do again. And here's Jess. There we go.